Welcome to Cape Cast Audio 20. This is the weekly podcast from the city of Cape Coral, Florida. It's our 20-minute podcast, and I'm Connie Barron. I'm the city's public information director and the host of this program. My guest today is City Council Member Raina Erbrick. Raina, thank you for joining me today. You're welcome, Connie. I'm looking forward to this. Raina, before we get into some of the questions we're, we're going to be talking about, a couple of topics uh, with the city manager search and, and definitely the utilities, what brought you down to Cape Coral and then what encouraged you to run for office? Oh, start off with the tough questions, right? <laughs> what brought us down here, obviously the weather perfect place to retire. We were looking for some place to retire. And that is what brought us here. We also did have family and friends in the area. So we did have a mini support system already in place. And frankly, we came down here, started driving around and fell in love, felt like this could become home. And it has. What made you want to be a council person? Depends on who you ask. I've, <laughs> I've always been interested in government, been very involved in government for a number of years up in Michigan, and it seemed like a good time to sort of jump in. I was not seeing what I wanted to see in a council member from the District 5 seat, and hence, when you don't like what you see, you get involved. And, and that's so, what I did. And you can't complain then. No, I cannot. I, I went for it. I worked for it. Um, mm -hmm. It's on me. Well, City Council just selected a new city manager. And let's back up just a little bit uh, and, and go back to the prior city manager. Gary King was the city manager when you were running for office and then once you were elected. What was your position at that time? Because when you were uh, campaigning, you didn't necessarily think that the relationship with Gary King was going to end. I didn't. Um, my hope, I never liked to terminate someone. That, that's never something you want to do as a council member, especially when you come in. And after watching what had happened with Mr. Stewart, I certainly didn't want that situation reoccurring. That gets into a pattern that is never good to continue. However, once getting into office, it became apparent that some of my thoughts while I was running as a candidate were not going to work out. This was not going to be something that would be sustainable as a working relationship between the city manager and the council. Because my position when I was running was to let Mr. King serve out his contract, in the meantime, start looking for his replacement, a little overlap, maybe Mr. King could help him ease into the job, him or her. And once taking the oath and getting involved with a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that some residents may not see, it became pretty apparent that a change did need to be made if the city was really going to start moving forward in a positive direction. So the change was made, um, and Gary King left the city manager's office. Then it became time to start searching for the replacement. What were you looking for in a candidate for city manager? I was looking for someone with past experience, knowledge, someone that could come up to speed very quickly, someone who is looking to maybe step up their game a little bit, um, someone who was, had been either a, an assistant city manager in a larger location or a city manager in a medium-sized-ish city, which Troy kind of is to us, that could come in, understood the problems, could understand the problems, had been a long-term involvement in government, and we actually got that with Mr. Zerlock. 
Now, we used Colin Basinger, one of the executive search firms who really specializes in this type of a search for city managers. What were your thoughts about the candidates that Mr. Basinger brought forward to the city? He brought us five, after he vetted them, he brought us five top-notch individuals. Absolutely. There were 70 people, I believe, that applied. He brought us the top five. We could not have gone wrong with any of the five. Out of them, there were a couple that I chose as my top one and two. And actually, the top three, the city council ended up choosing, Mr. Green, Mr. Zerleg, and Mr. Needham, any of them would have done well for the city. They would have been an absolutely wonderful addition to the city. Well, I don't expect you to uh, tell us exactly what was talked about in your individual interviews with uh, Mr. John Zerlag, who is the the city manager candidate that was selected by council, along with um, Mark Needham and Ed Green. What were some of your impressions that led you to believe that uh, John Zerlag or Mark Needham would be great choices for the city? I really liked how both of the gentlemen presented themselves and how they interacted not only with staff but with the residents that attended that meet and greet. They both seemed very comfortable, very easy, uh, handled some of uh, the questions that were asked them very nicely with ease and grace and poise, which is important. And probably what ended up in the end pushing, because I really didn't care. It's kind of bad to say, but I really didn't. Both of those guys would have done well for us. Mr. Zerlag brings some long-term city management knowledge. He has gone through some tough times in Troy, Michigan, where he's the current city manager. We obviously have gone through some tough times. He understands about the legacy costs, the OPEBs. He grasped very quickly a couple of the situations inside City Hall, the lack of an assistant city manager. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just latched on to that very quickly. Especially for a city our size. For a city our size to not have one is it's kind of odd. <laughs> so I think he will work towards moving that, uh, you know, after he looks at the budget and, and gets an idea where we're all standing here. But, yeah, he, the, the knowledge, the confidence, um, he will be a strong city manager, which sometimes council needs. We do not need to hear what we may want to hear. We need to hear what is actually going on and the options available and what the consequences of some of those options would be. When um, when they came down for the meet and greet, that was something that was uh, that was added to the process, which was an opportunity for the public, for the citizens to come and meet with the candidates, all five candidates. And then on Monday, this past Monday, council had a special meeting to actually discuss the candidates and to select the uh, the number one candidate. What what was your impression as far as the the citizens' input? Uh, it sounded like there was decent turnout for the meet and greet, but I noticed at the council meeting on Monday there wasn't a lot of participation. There wasn't, which was a little surprising, but I actually think the process played out very well because at the meet and greet, you know, we kind of tried to keep uh, candidates not so much monopolized by one or two people. You know, if it looked like there were others that wanted to maybe speak with them, so we were kind of keeping things moving around. And an awful lot of the folks that attended Thursday night, we spoke with, I spoke with, that evening to get their impressions. You know, what did you think? What What are your thoughts? So I actually think that meet and greet was a very good thing. Uh, we as council got to watch and observe a little bit without being totally participatory. 
And yet the residents knew to come to us to, they were more than willing to give their feedback. <laughs> so, and it's odd. They picked the same top three that uh, council did overwhelmingly. And, and we could also be so bold as to think that maybe the citizens out there were going to trust the process. In, yes. in this case. Yes, and I think it was a good process, and it was a trustworthy process, and it was pretty open. We we tried to keep that as open as we could. The The Monday meeting, it took about a half an hour for council to come to uh, a uh, consensus on who would be the number one uh, selection. Uh, some, some media outlets out there thought that that was a long time, but apparently they haven't been paying attention to some of the council meetings. For Cape Coral, that was like a record. <laughs> that was a record. That was, I, I thought it was excellent. Um, so what's next? The, uh, uh, at the council meeting later, the overall council selected you to be their liaison. They did. In, in the negotiation. So what's the, what's the next step? I have been talking with Mr. Zerlag almost daily, meeting with our attorney, uh, our current interim city manager, finance director. There's been a whole lot of communication going on, uh, getting a feel for what Mr. Zerlag is looking for in a contract, um, coming back with some numbers, probably some harder numbers today with him on our position. And then if all goes well, uh, we'll bring something discussion-ish to council at the workshop on Monday just to make sure we're going in the right direction. Are, are you confident that uh, the city of Cape Coral and John Zerlag are going to be able to come to terms? I, I am. I think we will. He grasps our financial situation. He's looking forward to a challenge. I think he's looking forward to nicer weather, especially from October to like now. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Of course, he's coming in that mid-May, June time, which now leads us into probably the most uncomfortable part of our season, but yes, um, that's okay. He needs to get used to that, right? And it, it's it's probably some of our more active time yes. because of the storm season, and and we definitely have a lot going on there. So, do you have any timeline? It, I know that his his city council up in Troy, Michigan, would like for him to at least stay on through the budget process with Troy. Um, how long will that take, and, and what are we looking, what can we foresee here? Their budget cycle is in a much different fiscal year than ours. So they actually adopt their budget uh, the end of May, I think it is, because they think their fiscal year is June 1 to May 31st. So that budget will be presented end of April, first part of May, depending on their schedule. And after that, he feels he is pretty free to come. In the meantime, he has indicated to me that once we work out this contract, he basically has two jobs. The second one being the one for us is uh, one he's not really being paid for yet, but uh, he plans to have agenda items and all that stuff kind of filtered up to him so he's at least aware when he gets down here. So he's going to be watching from afar and maybe participating somewhat from afar. Yes, I I would anticipate that. And I I think we would all like to know that he's kind of got a little input, especially as the budget cycle for us gets much closer. Well, it's kind of exciting. It is kind of exciting. I I think he's looking forward to this. I think the city is looking forward to this. I think council is looking forward to it. So I think Steve Pullman is looking forward. Steve Pullman (laughs) is absolutely looking forward to it. Yes, he wants to get back to his parks roots, I think. He does. All right. Well, now that we've talked about the city manager, let's go to a topic that always seems to be um, 
a hot topic when it comes up, and that is the utilities expansion program. Um, the city council, you campaigned mm-hmm. on this, as well as, well as uh, some of the other candidates who are now sitting up there on council, about restarting the utilities expansion projects. Why do you think it, it's important for us to continue moving forward with installing water, sewer, and irrigation into some of the unserviced areas of Cape Coral? It's important for a number of reasons. Uh, just the sustainability of the water supply for rates, not only just for the current rate payers, but any future rate payers. The longer we let this sit out there, rates are just going to increase. And once those folks do finally come onto the system, those rates are going to be much higher. If we start bringing folks on now, this should help stabilize or even maybe on the outside chance lower current rates, which would be a really, really good thing for everyone. Two, we just need to do this. We've got a nice water plant up there that's capable of pushing out a lot of water. We've got a resource that we really need to get into people's homes. I lived in Southwest 6 and 7 for a number of years before moving to my current home and the difference in having city services versus that water coming out of the ground going through my personal RO system, so much better. Mm-hmm. When, um, when you decided to move forward with this, it, it, it looked like you were going to do a long-term plan for all of Cape Coral, but at this point, the, the council only approved three areas. Correct. Uh, th- those three areas are... Southwest 6-7, North 1 and 2, which is, if you roughly take about a mile and a half, two miles section along Pine Island Road North, it's roughly that. And 6 and 7 takes in the rest of everything south of Pine Island Road. So right now, those are the council-approved areas for utility expansion. We're moving forward with bringing on a consultant contract type of manager to help us with the process. And then uh, the hope is maybe to start turning dirt in Southwest 6 and 7 sometime early next year. Right. That, that's the current plan, assuming everything continues on as it is going right now. And we're looking forward to seeing that start up. I've heard from a number of residents in that area that are looking forward to having it start up. They're, they're kind of, it's about a 50-50 mix, like, please, please, please. And others like, no, no, no. So it's going to be mixed. Council's got some tough meetings coming up uh, with public hearings and all that that we're going to have to go through. But for the betterment of the city and for the future of the city, we've, we've really got to, to get this started up again. Is Right now, is the city council looking at using the same system as far as gravity sewer and also then the same methodology for assessing the, uh, the properties via the square footage? The method of uh, sewage, wastewater treatment, we've already decided uh, to go with gravity. We did start a process where we'll do a workshop and then do a voting meeting so we can make some of these small decisions and keep the process moving forward. So we've chosen to go with gravity. That makes the most sense, especially south of Pine Island. Um, That's also where we're going with North 1 and 2. Assessment methodology, I think we're still in that um, thinking about different ways. We've used the square footage in the past. That seems to actually, when you look at everything, be very equitable. We may start talking a little bit about some hybrids, meaning uh, you pay, it would be layered, like the roads. Everyone would pay 
X percent of the roads and that sort of idea. That's not really flushed itself out yet. That's just sort of a concept. And part of that is because when you start getting in the North Cape, you're getting into some other, some parcels of property that are larger. And if you go by square footage, you may have somebody who owns a residentially zoned property that's pretty good size. Correct. And the assessment yeah. could be very um, intimidating, to say the least. To say the least, yeah. And we're looking for equity right. in all of this. Uh, and so I've been looking at some you know, various ideas. Uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one talking with you know our business manager, Mr. Illichism, about you know what are some other options? Can we do this? How would this work out if we did that? So I think over the next few weeks, we'll be starting to flesh that out a little bit more. He did do some studies, meaning he, Mr. Illichism, on um, the various methods. And so far, the current one we've been using seems to be the most equitable for the vast majority of the properties out there. And there is the, the and you mentioned this in, in your answer when you were talking about the roads, this, that's one piece that tends to get overlooked when we talk about extending utilities. You're getting water, sewer, irrigation, and a new road. And on top of that, you're also looking at dealing with uh, some swaling issues, uh, redirecting stormwater, or retiling those fields. So there's a whole lot more in this than just those pipes going down the road. What about the property owners out there that have the economic concerns and the financial concerns, and they say this is just not a good time because the economy is is not good? It's For many folks, it's, it's not good. It's not going to be good for the foreseeable future. So we do have some plans that were available during Southwest 4, Southwest 5 that I believe we're still going to continue to move forward with. And I know with the, the financing, some of these uh, assessments aren't going to show up on the tax bill for a, a couple of years. Correct. Uh, at least for Southwest 6 and right. 7, you're looking a couple of years down the road. And then for anybody farther north, since those areas have not been defined, and we're talking about north 3 through 8, uh, what about uh, what's the plan for, for that? Right now, we are just looking at uh, those three areas, but kind of keeping the rest of them on radar. I would ex- suspect that once we get down to the North 1 and 2, we're going to start looking at the next areas and where density has sort of piled up that it would be feasible to move forward. Okay. Well, Raina, I, I appreciate you joining me today on the Cape Cast Audio 20 podcast. You're my first elected official to come Yay! up here. Yeah, and I thought it went very well. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we'll probably have you up here again as time goes on, and uh, uh, we'll look forward to talking to you about a, a variety of topics, including some of the strategic priorities that council is going to be looking at here in the future. Looking forward to it, Connie. All right. Well, we want to thank you for joining us out there. This is Cape Cast Audio 20. It's the weekly podcast from the city of Cape Coral. Thanks for joining us. We will see you again next week with a new guest and with new information. So take care. Have a good week. And just enjoy Cape Coral. <laughs>